0: Man, can we go quickly to the Word of the Lord this morning? Psalm chapter seventeen. I want us to keep a number of people in prayer. If you don't see a lot of individuals today, a lot of our members, many of them are traveling. Some of them are not feeling well. Mr. Jeffrey Blunt is um, gone. He's traveling because his sister passed away, uh, celebrating her life over the course of this. Uh, weekend. We also want to keep Charlotte in prayer with the recent passing of her grandfather. Also, Terrace, Miss Terrace, I want to continue to keep her in prayer. Amen. Psalm chapter 17, it's so good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. I want to culminate our sermon series this morning. Psalms chapter 17, I want to look at verse number three. The Bible says you have tried my heart, somebody say my heart, you have visited me by night you have tested me and you will find nothing. And then here's David he says I have purpose that my mouth will not transgress. David said you've tried my heart you visited me by night you have tested me and you will find nothing. And I have purpose somebody say I have purpose. That my mouth will not transgress. As you take your seats, I know I just told you to tell your neighbor that you need them to survive, but tell them to hush your mouth. Yeah, tell another neighbor, say, hush your mouth. This this morning, I want to minister from this subject, hush your mouth. Uh, uh, I've shared throughout this sermon series, and I'll say it again, those that run their mouths typically always run into trouble. Uh, you keep running your mouth. I said this, you're going to run into the right one. And this is why the contemporary English version of Proverbs 18:6 says, foolish talk will get you into a lot of trouble. Uh, I remember as a little boy I ran my mouth a little bit too much and I had to call my grandma up to the school a whole bunch of times because I ran my mouth so much it got me into a lot of trouble. Anybody who can resonate with me, somebody say amen. I, I, and this means if we want to limit the trouble that we run into we have to learn how to tame our tongues we, we we've got to learn if, if if anything if I don't want to run into so much trouble in life I've got to tame my tongues but before we run into zeal we're trying to tame my tongues because somebody might be saying "Ooh, pastor Keith, you gonna help me this morning to hush my mouth I need us to understand what James three and eight says if we can go to the next scripture um, it says, but no man. Somebody say no man can tame the tongue. God, why would you tell me to guard my mouth? And then you come in James chapter three and say no man can tame the tongue. In other words, James says it's an unruly evil and it's full of deadly poison. Somebody say no man but here's the critical piece in this text this text says that our mouths are unruly in other words they're going to say what they want to say they're unrighteous sometimes you're going to get it if I, if I open up my mouth and, other, and, and many times it's unfruitful it's not going to help you it really is going to harm you and, and the Bible says that no man can tame the tongue but I think it's significant to note that this text says no man somebody say man in other words no man can tame the tongue no flesh can tame the tongue but with the help of the father we can tame anything somebody say I need the help of the father if many of us are trying to control what comes out of our mouth by way of our flesh and somebody say that ain't gonna work yeah I know you done looked look at some YouTube videos I know you had you a little counselor and you thought they was gonna help you out but somebody say no flesh." No, no no flesh can tame the tongue. This means you won't stop gossiping without God. I I know you thought you could just stop gossiping. You won't stop cussing without Christ. And watch this. You won't stop the slander absent of the spirit. Somebody say, I need the father. I can't do this in my flesh. I know you want to. I know you planned in your mind that you was going to start talking like that, but you can't do it in your flesh. You won't be able to hush your mouth without the help of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, I need the Holy Ghost. And as the Lord declared to Zerubbabel in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, I I don't know if I put this on my screen. So it must be declared concerning us and taming our tongues. Notice what the prophet said. He said, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Because if we can be honest, many times if the Lord doesn't guard our mouths, somebody going to get it. I don't know about nobody else but if God don't guard my mouth somebody is likely to get it I don't know I wake up on Monday morning with my mind made up that somebody gonna get it if God don't guard my mouth the Lord saved them because he shut my mouth yeah you got saved cuz he shut my mouth because our tongues watches are unruly unrighteous and many times unfruitful we need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit To watch this, to help us to hush our mouths. And the good news is, I believe our text this morning gives us wisdom on how the help of the Holy Spirit can hush our mouths. I know that's probably not the nicest thing to say, but tell your neighbor, hush your mouth. In other words, how can our words be subject to God's spirit? I want my mouth to be subject to God's spirit. I want my words to be subject to God's spirit. And here's one definition of the word subjection. It's the process of bringing someone or something under one's control. So my prayer this morning is that we put our mouths and our words under the submission and control of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about y'all, but but I want my mouth to be under the submission of the Holy Spirit. So here's the critical questions we got to ask ourselves. How can we tame our tongues? How do we make our mouths subject to the spirit? And I, as I said before, I believe we glean wisdom from our text about how to learn to hush our mouths. Say it one more time, somebody say hush your mouth. And submit them to the Holy Spirit. But before we examine our text, I need us to understanding about something about David in our text, cause you are gonna say, "Now, nah, Pastor Keith, you don't know my mouth, I've been running my mouth a whole long time and I get it. Why don't we, we find David in our foundational text in a time of crisis? verse number 9 says he's he speaks of being pursued by his enemies in verse number 10 we find him that that he speaks of the pride of his enemies and then in verse 11 and 12 he speaks of the plot of his enemies somebody say he's in crisis and I don't know about anybody else it's difficult to control your mouth when you're in crisis did y'all hear what I just said when I'm in crisis it's easy to complain somebody say in crisis And when I'm when I'm in in crisis, it's easy to criticize. Someone say crisis, and watch this. When we're in crisis, it's easy to speak with no confidence in God. Someone say in crisis, but David said, even in the midst of crisis, when I want to cry, when I want to complain, when I want to criticize, when I don't want to have no confidence in God, he says, I'm on purpose in my mouth that it will not transgress. that's good news y'all that even though I could be going through and facing the plots of the enemy I'm going to purpose my mouth not to be unruly some some of y'all watch this I had to forgive myself throughout this sermon series I had to ask God for forgiveness because I found myself complaining in the midst of crisis anybody been in crisis and found themselves complaining but David says I can purpose my mouth not to transgress And watch this, just because I'm in crisis, I don't have to curse God or my situation. I hope y'all heard what I just said. Just because I'm in crisis, I don't have to curse God nor my situation. So as it was with David, so it is with us. We can hush our mouths. One more time, y'all. Somebody say hush your mouth. So let's examine our text, and I'm going to teach us how to hush our mouth this morning. Watch what the first portion of our text says. The Bible says you have tried my heart. You will never be able to hush your mouth until you deal with what's in your heart. I I said this about the source of our words is found what's seated in our hearts. I said that in my initial sermon. And many of us, the reason why we can't hush our mouth is because we don't deal with with what's in our hearts. Because watch this, it's also critical to understand even more that the feelings you fail to process will always find themselves out of your mouth. Somebody say I've gotta process my feelings. See y'all ain't think y'all was going into counseling session this morning, but you've gotta process your feelings or them things gonna come out your mouth. And here's the reality. Life knows how to rattle our souls. If if anybody, if you've been living, the the old folks say just keep on living baby, because if you keep on living at some point, life knows how to rattle your soul. But watch this, the real problem is when we allow the troubles of life to reside in our soul. It's not that I'm not gonna go through stuff. It's not that I'm gonna, life ain't gonna trouble my soul, but I don't want my my trouble, somebody say, to live there. And the problem with many believers is that we're troubled by life and we allow the troubles to reside in our hearts. Somebody say, don't let those troubles take up residence. Because hear this, the trouble that resides in your soul will then rule your mouth. I hope y'all caught what I just said. I know there's sometimes where I get stuck, I get in a rut and I find myself cursing my current circumstance. Because what is residing in my heart will ultimately rule my mouth. So you gotta ask yourself, what's residing in my heart? Ask your neighbor, what's residing in your heart? So hear this, we've got too many believers that wanna be deep in the spirit but don't wanna deal with the depths of their hearts. You can't be deep in the spirit and don't deal with what's in the depths of your heart. Because if you can be all deep if you want to, and you don't deal with what's in the depths of your heart, you will damage somebody else. This is why we got a lot of preachers, a lot of pastors that damage the sheep. Because they have not dealt with what's in the depths of their soul. And this is why, watch this. Many people don't do well in ministry because of what hurt their souls keeps them from helping people. Listen, don't try to help nobody if you ain't deal with what already has hurt your soul. Because you're going to end up hurting somebody else. Whew. This is why I don't never minister to nobody that I still have, myself have not been delivered from. Because I'll damage them because I've not dealt with my own soul. Someone say, deal with your soul. That, uh, this is why you got preachers and, and ministers that don't know how to talk to people because they never dealt with what damaged their souls. Because watch this, I need us to see something. I need us to see it real good. Y'all, I hope y'all taking notes this morning. Watch this, you can be anointed but never dealt with the abuse from your daddy. You can be gifted but never dealt with the grief of losing a loved one. And you can be reserved by God for ministry but never dealt with the rejection from your parents. And you end up, watch that, because you never dealt with it, you gonna damage somebody else with your words. Ooh, someone say, help us today. And when you don't deal with what troubled your soul, it will determine how you speak. And as I shared before, I'm going to share it again. Uh, Notice what Luke chapter 6 verse 45 says, because somebody don't believe me. The Bible says, for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. And one definition of this word abundance in this text means of that which this means our ability to hush our mouths is determined by what we allow to occupy our hearts. We've got to ask ourselves, God, what is taking residence in my heart? What? And, and not just, because hear this, we go through bad days, we have stuff where one day ain't good like it, like it should be, and somebody say, that's okay. That's okay. That, that text says, of that which fails, so does it overwhelm and consume every inch of my heart. When you wake up every day saying you don't look good, nobody don't love you, nobody ain't gonna never be your friend, somebody say that's filled, that's filled your heart. That's yeah, 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 yeah. When you say that, that my daddy never loved me and because my daddy never loved me, no man ever loved me like I need to be loved and I've got daddy issues and I wake up, somebody say that's filled my heart. And because it's filled my heart, I talk like that. Someone say, deal what's with what's in your heart. I've, I've, I've got to. Because watch this. If you allow bitterness to live in your heart, then bitterness will come out in your language. If you allow sorrow to reside in your heart, then sorrow will fill your speech. And if you allow rejection to make its home in your heart, then rejection will run your mouth. Someone say, always. always. And the reason why many of us really can't tame our tongues is because we never dealt with what damaged our souls. Help us, God. But notice what Jesus declares in Matthew 15, 18 through 28. The Bible says, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. And this is what watches defiles a man. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murderers, adulterers, fornication, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. So Jesus was saying we are ruined, and that is to include our mouths by what resides in our hearts. So I know your daddy hurt you, but don't let that hurt live in your heart. I know that man did you wrong, but don't allow that grief to live in your heart. I know you love Big Mama and Big Mama has transitioned on, but don't allow that sorrow to live in your heart. And this is why if we want to hush our mouths, we have to deal with what's in the depths of our souls. Many of us don't do that kind of level of examination on our hearts. We love love to bandage it. We love to sugarcoat it. We love to hide it. So when people ask us how we're doing, we say we're blessed and highly favored and we're really not doing well. Somebody say you got to find a safe place. Now this is where counselors do come in because if you can't share it with your friend, if you can't share it with your mama, if you can't share it with your pastor, somebody say find a safe place. Some of us are holding on to stuff. Y'all look good with all your clothes on, but your souls are damaged. So the critical questions we gotta ask ourselves is, what is living in our hearts? That that somebody say that's That's self-reflection. What has damaged our souls that we have failed to deal with? Because watch this, life may trouble our hearts, but we must not allow what has troubled our hearts to live there. Um, Somebody say you gonna get an eviction notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know life knows how to trouble you. And the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. The Bible says man born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. So I have to expect trouble, but I'm not going to allow trouble to live there. Man, my wife told me and and I said this. Um, On last week I said one word knows can change your whole life. And this is why we got to learn how to speak life into people. My wife did one thing last night that lifted a very heavy burden on my life. And she allowed trouble not to live at her home. Oh, that's good news, y'all. This is why David said this concerning his heart and in the Lord in our foundational text. The Bible says, David says, you have tried my heart. In other words, David knew if God didn't deal with what was in his heart, then what was in his heart would deal with him. Yeah. The, the funny thing about troubles is it knows how to dictate your life. So every decision, if you, if you allow yourself to rehearse the troubles, your troubles to live there, it will dictate your every decision. It will dictate how you move in life. It will dictate how you maneuver in life. And the enemy likes it that way. Someone say the enemy likes it that way. I had folk that have slandered my name. I've had folk that I transitioned and I labored with that I thought would love me and say the right thing about me. But I did not allow that hurt to live there. I wouldn't be where I am today if I allowed that hurt to live in my heart. Tell tell your neighbor that, that, that that trouble can't live there. So this is why if we desire to hush our mouths, then we must deal with the depths of our souls. I know that was heavy, y'all. That first part, we've got to get to that or we'll never be able to tame our tongues. I've got to do some leveling. Sometimes you just got to sit with yourself. I don't know what you got to do. You might have to journal that thing. You might have to ask God, reveal every area and crevice of my heart. And then when he reveals it, you got to start processing that stuff. Where where did that hurt come from? Where where did that stuff come from? Where is the root of that thing so that I can ask God to deliver me from it? And you, sometimes, I got to say this before I transition. Sometimes we expect our healing to come from the actions of people. And somebody say not so. Because your daddy left you, you waiting on your daddy to walk through that door. Somebody say he may not walk through that door. So I've got to ask God to heal me if he never comes through the door. If he never changes his mind, if he never gets his life together, if he never gets off of drugs, I've got to ask God to heal me. I ain't worrying about no man. I need God to deal with me. And remember what I said, no man can tame the tongue. So somebody say it has to be a spiritual work. Yes, a spiritual work. So the first thing I needed us to understand, y'all ain't gonna like this, y'all gonna have to do some homework after this, but you're gonna have to deal with what's in the depths of your soul. Here's the other thing that we gotta do. The Bible says you have visited me by night, you have tested me, and you will find nothing. In other words, who you are in fellowship with is many times revealed by what your mouth is full of. I I can tell who you hang with by what comes out of your mouth. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. Many believers are full of something and it ain't the spirit. So, so, so consider what Jesus declared in John 6, 63. The Bible says it is the spirit that gives life and the flesh does not give life. The words I told you are or in other versions says, the words I speak are spirit and they give life. This means if we want our words to be subject to the spirit, then we need to be. Somebody say full of the spirit. Somebody say get full of the spirit. And herein lies one of the reasons why some of the troubles of life take residence in our lives and in our hearts, because we make no room for the spirit. The Troubles will find a way, they'll find a bunk bed, they'll find a pallet on the floor in your heart because you made room for it. I'm, somebody say, I'm not gonna make no room for nobody to come in my heart yeah you've got to we've got to make room for the spirit and if you don't make room for the spirit something or someone else will take up residence watch this this is why I need y'all to hear me and hear me good this is why people get so enamored by pastors and get get themselves involved in what what they call cults y'all hear what I'm saying because they made, made no room for the spirit somebody took a place that did not belong to them I've got, to, I've got to make room, somebody say, for the spirit. Consider what David declared concerning the presence of the Lord in our foundational text. The Bible says, you have visited me by night. In other words, David reserves space for the spirit of the Lord in his life. And if you don't reserve space for the spirit in your life, by default, you reserve space for your flesh. Your flesh will always take up room that you don't allow the spirit to take residence of. And somebody say it has to take room. And if your flesh, watch this, if, if flesh dwells in you, then your mouth will always be full of flesh. You can't tell, I know folk that really walk in the spirit, it's about what comes out of their mouths. You don't know how to talk to nobody, you walk past folk, you, you short with folk. Somebody say, I'm not full of the spirit. Yeah, I know you don't like that. I know we don't like that this morning, but we, some of us are really not full of the spirit like we think we are. And someone say, I'm going to give you a Bible. Watch what Galatians 5, 19 through 21 says. The Bible says, because y'all want to say, Pastor, keep picking on me this morning. No, it's the Bible. The Bible says, now the works of the flesh, someone say, are evidence. That means we can see it, we can hear it. The Bible says which are adultery, but I want to get to the words that come out of your mouth. Some of us talk so lewd. Oh, that's just locker room talk, Pastor Keith. You know how men get down? No, somebody say you're full of, your full of your flesh. Well, we speak with hatred. We speak with contentions. We speak with jealousies. You jealous of that one and this one and saying I don't know why they got that. I don't know why Pastor used them like that. Someone say you're just jealous outbursts of wrath. I can't just control my anger, Pastor Keith. You don't know about my upbringing. All you full of your flesh. dissensions, heresies. You're folk that speak heretically. Folk that speak against the word of God. Watch this. i full of their flesh. And envy. you envious of folk. I, I, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that show you evidence of your flesh. But somebody say, I'm talking about what come out of your mouth. Yeah, so if, if, that, if that's any of you, You're lewd lewd with your speech. You got hatred in your mouth. This is why folk that love to say, well, I'm a a Republican, I'm conservative, but you got hatred spewing out of your mouth. Somebody say they full of their flesh. Don't put no Bible on that and you got all that flesh in your mouth. I gotta examine my speech. This means watch if corrupt communication only proceeds out of the mouth of a carnal person. This is how I know I'm delivered, y'all. I ain't saying I'm, I'm just so full of the spirit, but it was sometimes people really could get it. Because corrupt communication only proceeds out of the mouth of a carnal person. If you're easy to go off on folk, if you easy to cuss folk out, if you easy to do that, somebody say easy. You're not full of the spirit. Oh, so So your mouth is full of what you are full of in your flesh. This means you don't have the ability to hush your mouth if you're unwilling to house God's spirit. I've got to let my heart know. I've got to let my spirit man know that it's reserved for his spirit and his spirit alone. Right. Hear this? And somebody say, we all working on stuff. Yeah, yeah we really are. So I don't, don't let Pastor Keith beat you up so bad. Some of us, some of us got, got the hatred down pat, but we still cussing. Somebody say, I'm still on my journey. Yeah, I'm just still on my journey. I'm still. You, you are right. Long as we're progressing in this thing, just don't cuss the past side. In other words, if we want our words to be subject to the Spirit, then we must first watch this. Have consistent devotion with His Spirit. So taming my tongue requires devotion with His Spirit. Somebody say devotion. And watch this, this is why in like manner, Galatians 5.22 declares, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This means you can't speak in love if you don't walk with the spirit. No, you just can't, don't, don't be talking about you love me and you can't speak, you, you, you are not walking with the spirit. You can't speak with kindness if you don't walk with the spirit. And your mouth watches can't have self-control if you do not walk with the Spirit. And this is why consistent devotion is so critical. Because somebody say, I'm wrapped in flesh. If I don't get on my knees and pray in the morning, even my wife can get it. Did y'all hear what I just said? Because I'm wrapped in flesh. So I've got to walk with the Spirit so that my flesh doesn't rise up in the morning. Because some of y'all, y'all know if y'all ain't got y'all coffee in the morning, you say somebody can get it. No, you need to get on your face. It ain't just the coffee because if if you holding on the coffee, that coffee ain't going to always be there. But somebody say the spirit will. will. So here's a word of wisdom. And I need us to hear this and hear this real well. There are times where power over your mouth will will require an encounter with the presence of God. Somebody say an encounter. I want y'all to hear me and hear me real good. Everything won't be a three-step plan. I know I lay out my sermons real well for y'all, and I know I, may, I try to make it as plain as possible, but I need us to understand some things will need an encounter with his presence. It's not going to be a Sunday sermon that's going to get your speech in order. Somebody say, I need an encounter. Yeah. Notice what David says in our text, that the Spirit of the Lord visited him at night. In other words, someone say an encounter. And why is this so significant? Because the reality is many of us have been cussing for so long, we need an encounter. Some of us have been condemning ourselves for so long that we need an encounter. Many of us have been complaining about our current situations so long that we need an encounter. Because watch this, when you've been doing something for so long, it becomes second nature. Some might say it becomes a part of you. When you, when you do something over and over again, it becomes second nature. And watch this, it ain't gonna take no Bible study, it's gonna take an encounter with His spirit. Some stuff, listen, I heard sermons that were just laid out real well, but rather than the sermon being laid out, sometimes I need to be laid out. Are y'all hearing me? Because I know I've been dealing with it for so long. God, if you don't visit me at night, then I won't change. Tell your neighbor I need an encounter. Because for some of us, this really doesn't make any sense. Pastor Keith, you don't know how my mama talked to me and this is why I talked to my man like this. You don't know how my daddy did me and this is why I talk about my daddy like this. And I get it and this is why you need an encounter. I was gonna harbor some stuff in my heart about what happened in my childhood and if it was not with an an encounter with God, I'll still be the same way. So somebody might be saying, Said, hey, how do I have an encounter with God I want us to see something and I need y'all to get this real good notice what happened to the prophet Isaiah when he declared he was unclean and had an encounter with God in Isaiah chapter 6 verses 6 through 7 he was a prophet somebody said he was a prophet somebody said he spoke for God but he still needed an encounter from God this is in ver- this is in chapter number six He was called to be a prophet in chapter number one. The Bible says, then one of the seraphim flew to me and having a live hand uh, in his hand, a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity has been taken away and your sin has been purged. Some say I need an encounter. It ain't gonna be no sermon. For some of us, we need an encounter. The prophet Isaiah was made clean to include his mouth because he had an encounter with the Spirit of the Lord. This means you can be gifted, you can be operated in the service of God, and still be, some say, unclean. For many of us, power over our mouths will require an encounter. So this is why if we wanna hush our mouths, we gotta have devotion with his spirit. And it's important to note, I need this, that devotion with his spirit and an encounter with his presence will always require preparation. Did y'all hear what I just said? Somebody say preparation. If you want to encounter with God, because some of us see people and say, and we talk to folk and we like, oh, I ain't going to never be able to know God like that. I ain't going to never have that kind of experience with God like that. We see stuff in the Bible. Well, like God, I God, that, 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 that just ain't me because God don't really deal with me that way. Somebody say, yes, he will. Notice what happens to David as he prepared for the presence of the Lord in Psalm 63, chapter 1, verse 1. Somebody say this is homework. I gave y'all homework in, in the first uh, point. This is homework. Now, watch what David says Oh God, you are my God. So, when I'm preparing for the presence of God, I've got to do it with detail. Y'all, y'all heard what I said? Someone say with detail. I've gotta know, in other words, what am I bringing before God? Am I, what I'm, God, what do I need you to do? David said, oh God, you are my, I'm not gonna seek it with sage. Somebody say, not with sage. <laughs> Man, no, 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 I'm not gonna seek it through no medium. I'm not gonna seek it through, through paying somebody an uh, offering to give me a word. Somebody say, no, I gotta do it with detail. <laughs> I gotta know who I'm coming to, and I gotta know who I'm coming um, coming to Him with Him um, with. What am I coming to Him with? Uh, in other words, God, what do I need You to do? And then the Bible says, "Early will I seek You." You've got to do it. Somebody say with diligence. Don't be just talking about tomorrow, tonight. I'm just gonna seek God. I'm gonna believe He's you, gonna show up in my room, and you're not doing it with dil- diligence. In other words, somebody say preparation. preparation. Early, early. I've set this time aside to seek God and it's a watch this the other piece is it's a priority the presence of God can't be a second thought it has to be a David said I'm going to make it a priority and then he says my soul thirsts for you you got to do it with desperation in other words if God don't do it then I'm going to be damaged and many of us don't seek God like that we think because the church set up a prayer service that I'm going to experience God And you wonder why folk are falling out. Folk are crying on the altar. And you be like, well, what's wrong with me? Maybe you didn't do it with detail. Maybe you didn't do it with diligence. Maybe you didn't do it with desperation. Somebody say his presence requires preparation. I hope I'm helping y'all this morning. Because you're really not going to tame your mouth any kind of way. Because if you don't make a plan to make room for the presence of God, then your flesh will make plans for you. I hope y'all caught what I just said. This is why it's easy to sin. Because if I don't make plans for the presence of God, my flesh gonna make plans for me. It will. That's why I gotta, I gotta command my body to get up and pray. I gotta command my body to listen to worship when I don't even want to listen to my boss at work. So I say command. command. Many of us still talk the way we do because many of us have failed to have devotion with the spirit of the Lord. Because, watch this, your communion with the Spirit will determine your earthly communication. How well I commune with the Spirit will determine my earthly communication. I'm almost done, y'all. I've got to deal with what's in the depths of my soul. I've got to, watch this, not only deal with what's in the depths of my soul, I've got to have devotion with the Spirit if I want to hush my mouth. And the last thing I want is to see in the text and I'm done. David said, I have purpose that my mouth will not transgress. Your ability to tame your tongues is many times determined by your ability to train your tongue. So I got to train it. This is why I've said this before, we can't allow our mouths to run us, but there are times when it's necessary for us to run our mouths. This this is the flip side of that. I I, I can't allow my mouth to run me, but I've gotta run my mouth. In other words, someone say have control over what I say. Yeah, I can control what what I say. In in other words, if we wanna hush our mouths, then we must discipline our speech. Watch what David declared in our foundational text. I have purpose. Somebody say purpose that my mouth would not transgress, and I need us to understand something about the Hebrew translation of this word purpose. Here is what the real meaning of that word is in Psalm seventeen three. It says it's the word zamam, and one definition of that word is to plan. So, in other words, David says I'm gonna plan that my mouth will not transgress. This means you can plan not to speak evil. You don't have to. Somebody say, you can plan not to do it. You can plan not to to speak defeat over your life. Somebody say, I can plan not to do it. This morning, I'm not going to speak defeat over my my life. And we can plan not to speak nasty. Somebody say, I can plan to do that. Yeah, you really can plan to do that. And how do I know that we can plan to do that? Because if we can be honest, when we want to give folk a piece of our mind, we plan it. Did y'all hear what I just said? The way I know I can plan not to speak nasty, I can plan not to speak defeat, I can plan not to speak evil, is because when I want to give somebody a piece of my mind, I plan it. Okay, y'all, y'all, I I, I plan minds out first. I don't know about y'all, but I plan it. Many of us rehearse in our minds, and whatever we rehearse will ultimately rule our mouths. I want to get them things together because I heard what you said about me. So I'm getting my stuff together for you. As soon as I see them in church, I'm going to say they going to get it because I planned it. I'm going to say I planned it. Therefore, we can discipline our mouths. Watch this by what we meditate on. So, so the way that I discipline my speech is based on what I meditate on. And this is why we're admonished in Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 with these words. Find that brother, whatever is true. Whew, I got to think on those things. Whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things of our good report. What If there is virtue in any, if there is anything praiseworthy, somebody say, think on these things. Whew, I know they talked about me, but I got to think how nice they dress was. They got a nasty attitude, but girl, where you got your hair done from? I've got to think on those things, because I can say some stuff about your nasty mouth. So I've got to think on things, because what consumes your mind will many times come out of your mouth. This is why I told y'all I had to ask God for forgiveness because what I was what I was thinking and consuming my mind was how much I don't like my current situation. How I how so tough with what I'm going through and every day my wife got to hear some stuff out of my mouth that should not come out of it. I'm thinking I'm just I'm just sharing my heart. Yeah, but my heart is desperately wicked because my mind was consumed with things. That weren't true. That weren't noble. That weren't just. That weren't pure. And I had to give y'all an example. I, I'm I'm ready to transition. Someone say yes, he is. And God gave me revelation. I had to realize God knows what He's doing. Because here this It seems simple, but it's so deep to me. We're trying to get a house. Someone say we're trying to get a house. My fool behind quit my job. I ain't got no income to support me getting approved for the house. So I've got to know that God knows the end from the beginning. And even though I don't like how it feels where I am, God says if I don't keep you here, I can't bless you with what I promised you. So I said, God, forgive me for complaining about the job that you set me up in to help me be blessed. Listen, I was even telling my wife, I said, man, I wish I would have stayed in my other job that I wasn't promoted. And then my fool behind watches wouldn't be making enough to even get approved for the loan. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. thank you, Lord. Had to ask God to forgive me because all of that stuff started consuming my mind. And somebody say it was the enemy. And the enemy wanted watches to speak ill over the very providence and promise of God over my life. Ooh, we do it because it consumes our mind. So here's the critical questions we gotta ask ourselves. If we have a hard time controlling our mouths, what thoughts are consuming our minds? What are we meditating on? Those are critical questions. And listen, don't be so deep, y'all. You've gotta find yourself, and I know some folks like to say this, in your happy place. Some say I gotta go find a happy place. Somebody say say it, say I got to find my happy place. Listen, I love Jackie because Jackie love to be on the water. And somebody say I do too. So if I know that thoughts are consuming my mind, it ain't that deep. I'm not saying come to the church Pastor Keith, can you please open up the doors of the church, I need to pray. Maybe you're behind need to go to the beach. Go find a book, go read. Whatever makes you happy, find yourself there. See some of y'all are too deep. Um, somebody say I'm going to the beach today. Yeah, y'all don't follow me because me and my family, we are going there today because I need to go to my happy place. Because despite how we feel, although we may not like, they may not like us, we have to plan to love them with our words. Although they may gossip about us, we have to plan to be gracious towards them with our words. And although watch this life may be hard, we have to plan to declare hope in God. Someone say, I got to plan it. Yeah, I know it's going to be difficult tomorrow on Monday morning, but I'm going to plan to bless his name. I'm going to command my spirit to bless his name. We must discipline our speech. And as we, as we can discipline our bodies in like manner, you can discipline your speech. I know that's what you heard growing up, but you can discipline your speech. Watch what Paul told Timothy: Rather discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. For bodily training is just slightly beneficial, Woo. but godliness is beneficial. Somebody say for all things. So I've got to discipline my speech to be beneficial and godly. Watch this. Somebody say for all things. Yeah, you can you can you can do that, and you never know. You want to go. You want to get them a piece of your mind, and if you just plan not to cuss them out. Your very planning to be gracious towards them might be the very thing that turns them around to stop them from slandering your name. Somebody say, planning. Yeah, planning. And as Paul told Timothy, we can do likewise. We can and must discipline our mouths for godliness. I know God, I want to go so bad off of my supervisor. But I'm a plan not to do it. My wife gonna say you lost your job, yes I did. <laughs> but I gave her a piece of my mind though. And I'ma be out the house y'all, out the house. Be asking y'all to sleep on the couch cause I couldn't keep my mouth closed. Because one of the saddest tragedies is for a believer to have a mouth that is unruly, unrighteous, and unfruitful. words, right. we gotta discipline our mouths. And this is why if we desire to discipline our mouth, we got, we've gotta discipline our speech. The only way we're gonna tame our tongue, y'all, listen, y'all, we've gotta examine the depths of our soul. Have devotion with the Spirit, we've gotta discipline our speech. Because, watch this a mouth that is out of control is not beneficial to anybody. And many of us, we think, no, I don't just file off on anybody, I just fire off on the targets that I have. Somebody say, your mouth's still out of control. Yeah, it's still out of control. An unruly mouth is unfitting for a believer, and this is why it's necessary that we tame our tongues. James three ten says, giving thanks and speaking bad words come from the same mouth." So I know you can bless your pastor, you can love on your husband, but this is why we said saying this this morning. I need them to survive. He says, "My Christian brothers, this is not right." Some versions say blessings and curses out of the same mouth. It should not be so. And then watch this. Because it should not be so, it means an unruly mouth is unfitting for the believer. This is why if we desire to that our mouths be hushed, we've got to, someone say, hush your mouth. Yeah, like I said, it's going to be some homework, y'all. I know it was a sermon this morning, but it's homework. We got to deal with what's in our heart. I got to ask God, find you a quiet place and ask God to reveal whatever's Trying to take residence in my heart. Have devotion with the spirit. And because we're wrapped in flesh, somebody say it has to be consistent. Sunday morning is not enough. And matter of fact, Sunday morning isn't even devotion. What Sunday morning is, is training and equipping. And it's corporate worship, but it's not devotion. Devotion, somebody say it's personal. Yeah, and then I can discipline my speech. I know because you're wrapped in flesh, it's easier to plan out what you want to tell them. Listen, I'm gonna give y'all some real, real deal stuff because I don't like to sugarcoat myself as a pastor. Me and my wife, it was a, a few weeks ago, and I said, ooh, I was, I was thinking the cuss words in my head. Y'all hear what I'm, I'm saying? Because y'all think the game, I, I'm not playing with y'all. I was thinking the cuss words in my head. Somebody say, the pastor but I had to and then listen but if any of them cuss words would have came out I would have got it myself but I had to plan in other words discipline my speech you're not going to speak about your wife like that you're not going to speak about the one that God has brought into your life the one that God has ordained for your life watch this the one who was able to lift a burden from my life on last night and if I would have did that I would have forfeited it all because watch this here's the big thing concerning the words that we speak. They reveal the conditions of our wells. Somebody say, my spiritual well-being. How you talk reveals the real condition of your well. I want us to hear what James 3, 11 through 12, take that down because I want you to see it for your own self. The Bible says, does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. In other words, whatever your spiritual well-being is will always flow out of you. So my words reveal how well I am in the spirit. Therefore, our help for, the help for our spirit man is many times determined by our ability to hush our mouths. Someone say, hush your mouth. That's why you ain't as deep as you really think you is. That's why you're not as really cool with the spirit of God as you really think you is. Because watch this, your help for your spirit man requires, somebody say this to your neighbor, hush your mouth. Let's stand to our feet. We've got to do a lot of examination on ourselves as a result of this sermon series. So I need you to get that on your heart. God, thank you for this sermon series. Thank you, God, that we desire for the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts to be acceptable in our sight. Help your people, God, today we pray. I believe, God, I sense this in the spirit that we all desire to be pleasing and acceptable in our sight, including our words God. So God I pray for every believer in this place help us to tame our tongues. matter of fact God as our mama used to tell us we need, some of us just need to hush our mouths help us to hush our mouths God we pray God let us examine the places that we don't want to examine. Somebody damaged us in our childhood it could have been from abuse, it could have been Um, from what they said about us, God. It could have been how they spoke to us. It could have been those who left us, God. But because they left us, God, they left scars in our hearts. And God, we allowed the hurt to remain in our hearts. And the reason we don't know how to talk to people is because what is taking residence in our heart. God, today, God, we're giving an eviction notice to everything that does not belong in our hearts. God, we evict grief. We evict hurt. God, we evict, God, the slander that was put on our name. We evict it now in the name of Jesus. God, it cannot live there. The only thing that can live there, God, is your spirit and your spirit alone. So help us do the hard work. And God, as David declared, God, search our hearts, God, we pray. And if we can't see it, God, reveal it to us, God, by your spirit what is trying to take residence in our hearts. And God, we pray God that we have devotion with you, consistent devotion. We are wrapped in flesh. So at any point and at any time, God, somebody really can get it. And God, because we don't want nobody to get it, God, help us have devotion with your spirit. Let us prepare for it, God. Let us do it with details, diligence, God, and desperation. We really do need you, God. We need one another, God, but we need you. We need you, God. We need an encounter with you. Because we've been doing it for so long, God, that it's become second nature. So remove it by your presence and by your spirit, God, we pray. And God, we pray, God, that we discipline our speech. If we we know how to plan a lot of things, we plan vacations, we plan what we want to do after church, God, help us to plan our speech. We won't go off, God. We won't give them a piece of our mind. But God, we'll plan to be gracious. We'll plan to help them with our words. We plan, God, to speak truth and not evil. And God, we thank you, God, that the words reveal the conditions of our wells. For many of us, God, in our, out of our mouths have come cursing them blessings. And God, it's not right. It should not be so. So help us, God, today we pray. We love you. We adore you. And for every believer that really want to hush their mouth, somebody say thank God and amen. Amen.